all the same symptoms that come from like stroke or all the same symptoms that you have when you have a stroke or traumatic brain injury are the same symptoms that people with ADHD are just walking around having all the time. So like there's so much deeper than people realize. Welcome to Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire. Because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, former on-air entertainment host, and past professional fitness competitor and health coach. And several times per week, I'll be bringing you epic guest conversations and solo episodes along with the tools, tricks, and tips that you need in order to step into your power, own your purpose, and stand out in the world as the most vibrant version of you. Because I believe that the more you you are in the world, the more successful and fulfilled you will be. So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get amplified because blending in is bullshit. On this episode of Amplify, I talked to my friend Alexis McCloskey. Alexis is a successful ADHD entrepreneur that has built two businesses to six figures and has been coaching people from all walks of life for a decade. She understands the frustrations of feeling like you are broken and not knowing why simple systems don't seem to work for you. She loves to dive into how to design your business and dreams in a way that works for you. She's also redefining what tough love means and loves focusing on implementation over absorbing information. In this episode, Alexis and I talk about all kinds of things from ADHD to perfectionism, to overachieving, to trauma, to healing, you name it. This is such a fascinating conversation. I know you're going to love it. All right. What's up, everybody? We've got Alexis here to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. I'm super fucking excited for this conversation, like like real talk. So thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm so pumped to be here. You're Good. the coolest. <laughs> well, thank you. We, you guys, we just met. Um, okay. So starting things off with some rapid fire. What is something you're grateful for right now? Oh, hard challenges. I'm going through some shit in my personal life right now. And like I said, like 2023 is going to be my my thing. So like, I'm just grateful for some universe is giving me some lessons. So I'm grateful for that right now. Yes. And maybe some follow-up on that later. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Oh, I love video games. I'm playing Ooh. Elden Ring right now. I'm like, I like nerding out. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but no. it's like, it's like a open world game and you're like, create this like character and you like collect like runes. It's like very nerdy. So I love okay. video games and it's very hard, but like guilty pleasure 100% would be video games. Awesome. Like I can get I, lost know, in it. When Minecraft was coming out, like I, I jumped into some Minecraft. Nice. It was fun. I love that. I mean, growing up played like Super Mario and and that kind of stuff, like, you know, so much fun. My ex-husband used to play video games often. And so sometimes I'd get into the shooter ones, but like I would get so fucking stressed. Oh yeah. For some reason, like (laughs) I'm like all like women empowerment, but like women just seem to have problems with first person shooter games. Yeah. Like there's, we just like 
stare the at the controls and then I like flip in a circle way yeah. too fast. I'm like, I can't, yeah. I can't do that. I'm dead. And then I, just I like, like all the third person games, like Elden Ring is third yes. person, like first person, like no thanks. Never yeah, could no, be good. It's like, it's, it's too much, but like VR even like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, sure. what is a random fact that most people would not know about you? Oh my God. I have so many. Um, I, okay. What should, what should I pick? Um, (laughs) I'm Panamanian and Colombian. My mom was born in Panama. My grandmother's born in Colombia. I have a birthmark that's like literally ginormous on my ass. Um, like nobody would definitely know that. And when I lived in LA, I was on a game show, you know, the host of survivor, Jeff probes, he like had a morning show and I was on the morning show and there was a, uh, like they picked people from the audience. It was planned because everything in LA is like planned, but like, I was like picked from the audience. Oh my God. And they had like celebrities on an, on like an easel and they were covered in like whipped cream and you had to like move it with your face. And I ended up guessing it and it was Sarah Jessica Parker and I won a thousand dollars. So fun fact that no one would know about me. I feel like most people who've lived in LA and I'm included in this have like been on one or two or a few game shows, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Or like audience member type stuff. Cause they pay you to be in the audience. Like people don't realize that. Like you literally get paid to like be in the audience and then you're there all day and it's awful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not you guys like listening, like, okay. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I've been on like a couple of things like that. And even like last year when it was really rainy, I was like in like, 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 bum work like sweats it was pouring out and like you know in LA like when it rains it's like a huge deal and obviously this this week actually we're getting insane rain and flooding and stuff like that yeah but like last year I'm like in like like looked like a disaster and I'm like going to like Starbucks to work and there was like a news station person outside of it they're like so do you want to talk (laughs) about the rain and I was like uh it always happens like that well and like PR agency owner me is like well me human me is like yeah not like this and then I was like um visibility and on local news okay fine (laughs) (laughs) it's always like that like we see people that we like don't want to see when we're like looking a mess and then we look cute we see nobody yeah it was fine you know okay if you weren't doing what you do now and obviously like the beauty of what you and I both did like, we got to do whatever the fuck we want. Right. And so if you weren't doing what you do now, what kind of job or career would you have? Or like a kind of a spin on this question. So I need to rephrase this is like in an alternate universe, like what sort of career would you have, whether or not you're qualified for it in any way, but that's something that's always sounded really cool. Yeah. I can think of so many. The first one that comes to mind is like being a DJ because I love like yeah. DJ well, music, but do that. If I, if, yeah, I yeah. like, I, I, like do those six and things for fun. But if I really think about something that I've never done, like I would 1000 million percent be an astronaut. Like I know it sounds so like cheesy. Like that's what everybody wants to do. Like an astronaut or like a neuroscientist. I say like, you know, when people, well, like people get really old and then they find a hobby, like making like those boats inside of glass bottles. And they become like secret, like millionaires off of their little, like random hobby. Yeah. Just like they have all the time in the world. I think when I'm like 75 and I'm like, you know, just living my life, like I'm going to go like to college and like back to school and become a neuroscientist. (laughs) I love the brain. I love reading books on the brain and how the brain works. I'm fascinated by it. And by the time like I'm 75, we'll probably learn a million things about the brain. So, right. I was talking to somebody yesterday and he was like, oh yeah, based on like technological advancements and stuff like that. Like if you're, so I'm 36 and he's like, if you're at 36, like at, at based on how science is advancing, they estimate that a 36 year old woman and probably live to like 135 with like, the oh, science yeah. advancements. I was like, what? 
Uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to hit like the two hundred more mark. years. It's like holy shit. I want people to like just be begging me to die. Like I'm trying to live forever, <laughs> man. Yeah. Like all right, who's taking grandma to live with them now? Okay, <laughs> she's still around. Okay, what did you want to be when you were little? Oh, astronaut. Right. Well, no, if I really am honest, my mom always told me this. I specifically said I wanted to be a monkey doctor. Don't know what that is, but like not a vet, a monkey doctor. That's what I said. Jane Goodall, basically. Right. Basically. Yeah. Any. Okay. I feel like we're going to have some good ones here. Any weird talents or special skills? I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, so I'm hypermobile. So like, I don't know if people can like see, do you like share the video? You know we just do your thing. We share like promo clips, but you know, who knows? We may use this stuff in the future. I'm like really flexible. So like I can bend my pinky all the way Holy back. Holy shit. Okay. You guys, let me <laughs> describe what just happened. She just bent her pinky. So mine makes a, if you push your, like hold your palm facing the floor, basically in front of you, push the pinky up. Mine does like a right angle. Hers yeah, just right went angle. all the way back to the it folds completely in half. Yeah. Like I can touch the back of my hand. Wow. I can like, I'm like very flexible in all the things. Like a lot of people can't do this, like touch their thumb to their wrist. Like some, some people can, that's a little bit easier. I'm really flexible and double jointed in a lot. It's like, I do like the exorcist arms basically, like, you know? Yeah. So that, that would be me. Very flexible. (laughs) All right. I like it. When's the last time that you cried? Uh, today. <laughs> that's often the answer. <laughs> yeah. Real talk. Usually that's just like shows like the realness of like entrepreneurs, business owners, what I don't know how many like different kinds of people you interview on here, but yeah, that's like real. If you don't cry and want to burn your business to the ground, like at least once a week, like I- I'm crying about other stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Real talk. Yeah. <laughs> Entrepreneurship, not for everybody. <laughs> When's the last time that you laughed so hard? Do you almost peed your pants? Oh man. That's a good question. I think it's probably been a while. Oh, I like laugh a lot, but almost peed my pants. I guess not too long. Like Christmas Eve, we went out. I was with friends at a bar watching the Eagles Cowboys football game. And I think I, there was some crazy stuff going down in there. So I think, I think that would probably be it. So Christmas Eve, maybe. All right. All right. What is your favorite meal? Seafood Alfredo. I don't necessarily eat it all the time, but that's like my death row meal. Like, okay. Just creamy pasta, yeah. crabs, seafood, or uh, like shrimp, scallops, all of it. Like, sign me up. I love it. Next place you want to travel to? Well, there is a place I am traveling to, so I won't. I don't. I won't pick that because that's also a secret I can't share because it has to do with my business. But I really want to go to Amsterdam. Mm. It just like seems like my place. It seems like a, right. like. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I've never been to Amsterdam. All right, cool. That's all the rapid fire questions we have now into the the juicy stuff. So as we talked about before hitting record, you have worked with all kinds of people, a lot of people with ADHD, people who have been overachievers, like perfectionists, imposter syndrome, like just that, you know, that kind of stuff, which like, yes, like so many people, including myself can relate to that. But more recently have like niched down a bit more specifically on ADHD and you have a program coming out soon, or actually likely when this episode airs, like literally right now coming out focused on supporting people who have ADHD, like mastermind, that kind of stuff. So I would love to hear your, like how you view 
ADHD, how you define it. Cause you've even said in social media and before we hopped on, like, right. It's not that like something is wrong with you or your brain. You're just, your brain just works differently. So I'd love to hear you speak into that because yeah, it's stigmatized so much. Yeah. So there's kind of like two angles I can share with this. I'll share the more like, oh shit moment one for the second. Cause I think when I share it, people are like, I didn't know that, but I would say the biggest thing with like ADHD that really frustrated me. And I believed it when I was younger, because like, I definitely had it like for forever, but I didn't get diagnosed with it until I was like 14 or 15. And Mm -hmm. it's much this stigma of like, we're just bounce off the walls and we're crazy and we can't sit still. And it's, there's so many beautiful things about people with ADHD. Most people who have been inventor inventors started companies like big time type of big brain people are people with ADHD. Yeah. They are the most creative people. We right. like in the one of my favorite books, ADHD 2.0, he says that we have a Ferrari brain with bicycle brakes. And so mm-hmm. our brains can do a lot. Like we can get more done than most people can in a short amount of time. Yes. Where our brain is just really powerful. We do have a lot of things that make life kind of hard, but there's ADHD is pretty much looked at. And there's this magnifying glass on all the negative things. And it's like, hey, there's a giant list of all the amazing things that we can do. Like I could go on forever. So I think that's like the most frustrating thing is like, one, the the stigma that people look at people with ADHD. And like, I think it even scared me. I think unconsciously I was afraid about talking more. I always had talked about ADHD, but like really niching down and being like, this is who I'm going to speak to because I was worried. Like, what if somebody doesn't want to work with me? Cause they don't think like I'll be a good coach. Cause I have ADHD mm. never been the problem. Like, cause yeah. most people, I think they say only like 10% of people or five or 10% of the population not has ADHD is diagnosed with ADHD, but there's like a vast giant other section of the population that probably has it. And there's also something called VAST, which is variable attention stimulus trait, which essentially means that you have a lot of the commonalities of ADHD without having enough for a diagnosis because people with ADHD or VAST, it's not just that like our brains like are slower, whatever. There are certain parts of our brain that like the lights aren't on. Like, it's not just like, oh, it's harder for me to do things. Our brains are getting aren't broken, but they do work differently. Differently. Yeah. Um, like the, what happens to the brain when you have a stroke or you have trauma to the brain, like an accident, like severe, I forget the exact name of it right now. Cause it's six 30 where I am. And my brain has done, done a lot today, but essentially <laughs> like what happens to the brain, it affects certain parts of the cerebellum all the same symptoms that come from like stroke or all the same symptoms that you have when you have a stroke or traumatic brain injury are the same symptoms that people with ADHD are just walking around having all the time. So like there's so much deeper than, than people realize. So the other thing that I would share, and this is, I always like to preface this with like, cause I feel this, this can kind of be like a touchier of an opinion. I don't think it's an opinion, but I will like say it like it is my opinion, but I believe it hardcore that ADHD is a trauma response. It is not Ooh, something I'm, you just gave me chills. Cause that's literally like bullet point three that we're going to talk about. So yeah. keep going. <laughs> okay. So a lot of people just think it's just genetic, but like you can have a genetic, you know, predisposition to it, but ADHD From my, again, I don't want to project anything, but like from my research understanding and like, it just makes sense. 
if you've been through some trauma in your life, if, if you, if you were an abusive household, you were trying to survive as a kid, how, of course I'm going to struggle to pay attention in school. If yeah. I know when I go home, bad things are going to happen. Right. Of course, like when our brain is like literally becoming a brain as we're growing as a human, like there are certain things that are happening. And when trauma happens and disrupts that, Mm-hmm. The way our executive function and the and the, the way our brain's supposed to perform is not going to align nice and pretty yeah. when it's forming. So I very much believe that it is a trauma response. And when you can understand that, not that I'm saying you just heal your ADHD because it's not that ADHD isn't real. That is real. What's happening in your brain is real, but the reason for it is not just you were just born that way. Right. Right. I super... I mean, I haven't done like the extent of studying and research on it and that kind of stuff, but yeah, I've done more research into it. Like in the last year, I would say, and seen a lot of that as well. And like heard a lot of that as well. And what I've also heard people say is like, yeah, the way people think about ADHD is yeah. That like, Oh, can't focus on anything. Can't complete anything. Totally like a space cadet, like bouncing off the walls, energy, which sure, sometimes it might look like that for some people, but also it's not that like the way that I've heard it phrased, which I think is a really powerful reframe is it's not that you can't focus on things. It's that your brain also wants to focus on everything at the same time. Right. And so it's like trying to do too much that Ferrari with bicycle brakes, like you said. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the trauma link stuff because And I'll share a little bit about like where I kind of started like looking into that because so I've never up until recently, the last couple of years had ADHD symptoms, anything like that, like was overachiever, perfectionist, like did all the clubs, all the sports, all the classes, everything straight A's like, you know, like that kind of human, right? Likely like many of your clients. And when I finally, and grew up in a, like my parents loved us very much, like all that kind of stuff, good upbringing and parents did not have a good marriage, a lot of arguing, a lot of fighting, all of that. And even if if there wasn't physical abuse or anything like that, like a lot of yelling and chaos and arguing and stress and never knowing if someone's going to lose their temper and stuff, that is stress and chaos and all that kind of stuff. And so one, like that very much shaped my overachieving and perfectionism stuff. Cause I'm like, Oh, well don't make another reason for like someone yep. to get mad. Don't rock the boat. Got to do everything right. And in 2020, I did so much healing around that, around my like overachieving tied to my worth, perfectionism, all that kind of stuff. And finally released that. And then of course was, and like a lot more work on like healing my over worked masculine energy and like getting my masculine and feminine into balance more. And then like, there were like 2021, I could not focus on shit. And I was like, will I ever be able to grind again? Will I ever be able to like set deadlines? Will I ever be able to follow through on something? Like I legit was like, no, I don't think so. And for me, I was like, wait a second, that like the overachieving perfectionism, do all the things always perfectly da, 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 right. Hyper-focused on so many things and doing them exactly right. I'm like, that was a bit of a trauma response, obviously. And then once I healed that had like, just the, like, because I wasn't in that trauma response of keeping all the shit together in that way, like experience what I would imagine 
was like ADHD kind of symptoms where I'm like literally walk into a room and I'm like, what the fuck was I even supposed to do here? And then I go back to the office and then I'm like, oh, that's what I was supposed to do. Go. And I, then I do that three times. Right. Or like, I'm like, oh, I need to send this email, open it, check something out, get an hour later. I'm on a different project. And I go back to that window. I'm like, holy fuck. I didn't even, I like literally had two more words to send in that email. Why didn't I write? Like, so, and I was like, huh, this is interesting, you know? So anyway, that's my little thing of, but yeah, yeah, the trauma stuff, I was like, oh, I can very much see how this is, how it can be started as a trauma response or come as a, once you like let go of all those like hyper controlling, cause that was my thing was like being hyper controlling. And once I let go of that, I wasn't controlling all the things out of trauma response. And then I was like, well, how the fuck do I focus on anything now? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot, a, a lot of the, and it's all interconnected. But another thing with people with ADHD is we have a hard time like asking for help. If we don't like do something ourselves, it doesn't feel worthy enough. So that's also an issue. But then if you have any kind of anybody that's been through and it's trauma with a big T trauma with a little T, a lot of times like I'll get my clients who are like, oh yeah, I had a great childhood. But then when we ask certain things, it's like we have this view of what happened. And if you don't necessarily have like the obvious trauma of like an abusive parent or whatever, like you could have the best parents ever and they could still like say something that fucked you up because our parents are human beings and wounded children before they're ever our parents. And so if you have any kind of trauma, a lot of times people struggle with masculinity energy. So, Hey, me too. Working on that is because like, we are the ones that have to take care of ourselves because we keep ourselves safe. So of course we're going to be in our masculine energy. So if you have that on top of like, whether you have ADHD or you possibly have vast, because like you saying that, like, it also came up in 2021. I also found that like in the collective space of like going through like what we did in the world, like the pandemic and things like that, a lot of people like ended up having these vast symptoms because it's traumatic to go through everything you're seeing, like in the world, you know what I mean? So there's another story that he talks about in that ADHD 2.0 book where he says, and I think this is sounding like what you're sharing is there was this guy that was like a runner and he, you know, did really well. He ran all the time and then he got injured and when he got injured and he stopped running, he started to have all these like ADHD type symptoms. And then he went and got diagnosed and found out he had ADHD. And this was when he was older and he didn't even know Mm -hmm. he had it, but because exercise is one of the best things for ADHD, because nothing can help you with like anxiety or handling anxiety, helping you with focus, like the way it works in your brain. It's just really, really beneficial. Just getting your heart rate up. doesn't matter what kind of exercise. And so because that he removed what was working for him, then that kind of made all the symptoms come up. So for you, you probably had these other survival, like not like coaching you, but you probably had these other like survival techniques. And since you learned to balance out that masculine, the masculine was no longer like your way that you could like well, yeah, and I, I went to let go. so hard into the feminine to the point yeah. where I went a bit wounded feminine and I was like scared of my masculine, right? Because I was yeah. like, no, that equals burnout. And I was like, wait a second. No, we can, everyone can work together, right? So like I was so yeah. in the feminine too. And yeah. I'm like, oh wait, so like the perfectionism and overachieving in a way, like, yes, I'm driven, all that kind of stuff like that. Yes, I believe that's also a part of who I am and how I'm yeah. wired. But like, but yeah, that kind of stuff too was very much a like, survival 
mechanism and yeah. like a get my self-worth out of achievements and yeah, all of that course, kind of stuff. When you yeah. remove all of that, then what's left is what, cause like, again, ADHD, when we talk like trauma response and anything within any of our bodies, that is a trauma response is in our bodies. It's not just like yeah. this thing that like, Oh, we like just like anxiety. Like you don't just like get over it. Like there are certain things that are going on in our brain that like either are turned on or turned off or whatever in our nervous system. And so like when you remove one survival technique, like it, something else comes up and like, you can manage that and balance it as well. But that makes sense that that's kind of like what happened for you. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah. It was so interesting. Cause even friends like, and makes sense too, related to like what's been going on the last couple of years and all of that. And I've, I feel like 2022 was a lot of me learning how to harmonize my masculine and feminine energies to where now they like, they work so well together and it feels so good. And I'm like, Oh, I can focus again. And like, yeah, all this kind of stuff. Yes. I can complete projects even when I don't feel like it. Right. Cause like, yeah, I feel like there was a good year and a half where I was like, did I finish what I was supposed to today or what I intended to No. Do I feel yeah. like doing anything else for the day? No. Okay. Then be done. And I was like, yeah. this is, yeah ADHD another common thing for people with ADHD is like everybody can be hard on themselves but for some reason like people with ADHD have a really really like they're just so hard on themselves and there's also something called RSD which is rejection sensitivity dysphoria where essentially people with ADHD like can get a piece of like constructive criticism like unless somebody's being an asshole then that's you know one thing but like somebody can give just like a kind piece of constructive criticism and they will catastrophize that and it is like mm-hmm. the worst thing ever so i think just like the i think the best thing about cuz people will ask all the time like oh i've been trying to get a diagnosis or i don't know And I'm like, at the end of the day, look, I know what it feels like to just want somebody to tell you that you actually have it. But I'm like, in the meantime, if you don't have a diagnosis, but you're looking at stuff, you're taking tests online to like, do I have ADHD? If you like my TikTok algorithm. Yeah, exactly. Like, do do I have autism? Do I have this? It's like, do we have- Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? And so- and a lot of people with autism do have ADHD and a lot of people with yes. ADHD with autism. I think I could possibly be on the spectrum. The, the, the things I like read and learn, I'm like, that kind of sounds like me. Same though. And with like, I mean, TikTok's like such a ridiculous place. And so much of the it time is. they're like, if X, Y, Z, then you're autistic. I'm like, no, I'm like, okay, some of these, sure. Now you're just no- naming like very normal human yeah, things. Like, exactly. come on. Like, yeah. no. Like <laughs> there's a fine line, but I think if you can, like, if you look at stuff and, and you really like taking under, you're not just like, cause not that TikTok can't be helpful, but like, you're really taking an honest, like inventory of yourself and, and you look past, like, there are so many things I'd highly just recommend reading a book on ADHD. You could read the one yeah, that I, that I that shared, one. but if you feel like you might have it, then start the process of like what you would do if you did, you know what I mean? You don't have to, yes, you can go get that diagnosis. Cause like I said, I know what it feels like to want that. But in the meantime, start figuring out how, and I think just understanding that you may have it. And this is why I love working with people that, that do have it is because, or, or think they might have it is because when you talk to somebody that has it and like gets you, you finally feel seen for the first time. And Mm -hmm. you're like, you don't put so much blame on yourself and think that you're just like, you know, you're, you don't work as like most people with ADHD who don't have it think that they're lazy and like it's, it couldn't be farther from the truth. We are literally the most creative, like loving, smartest people. There's just, when you have bicycle brakes and your brain is running a million miles an hour, you can't even catch up with how incredible and amazing and creative your brain is. So you just, I think understanding yourself just gives yourself that like 
okay, let me leave some room to figure this out, you know? Absolutely. And even the funny thing with like the whole TikTok diagnosis stuff, like, cause yeah, some of it's so ridiculous, but like, you know, after a while I was like, I'm getting a lot of content. That's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, the algorithm all- on TikTok is so accurate compared right. to like anything else. Like you watch a few things and that's all you're going to get on your page. Yeah. It's- I was well, but then like I, you know, or even random things. And then it creates the algorithm based on already knowing what you're going to want. I'm like, this is weird. So yeah, like, there was a season where I was getting a lot of like, you know, trauma related, like narcissistic abuse, trauma content, AD content, autism content. I'm like, well, all like, I'm like, okay, accurate, all of these things. And then I was like, maybe there. And I, and so I was like, so, so I tried it on a little bit. I was like, okay, maybe that is accurate. Like, yeah, I think I am likely neurodivergent in some way, like yeah. based on all this, and then actually did some more research on it past TikTok. Like, please don't have TikTok yeah. be your only place of quote unquote research. The starter, not- but yeah, you got to yeah, go yeah. extended outside of that. Exactly. And like, it's like extensively look, don't just like look at one article. Like you really right. got to like put the effort into it to get that clarity. Right. But like the more I looked into it, I was like, oh, this actually makes more sense. And this does help me understand how my brain is working. This does help me understand my trauma responses, why like, like things have shifted in the last couple of years, why I feel like I can't focus anymore. Like all that, I was like, this makes a lot more sense. And I think, and I like a couple of times put some content out on Instagram about like, oh, like I'm pretty sure I'm neurodivergent, like that sort of thing, like in some ways. And that's been really eye opening. And then like, I've had people who've like, know me from high school and they're like oh yeah I've like always thought you were <laughs> <laughs> yeah Excuse me? I was like oh they're like yeah you just like and like not in a bad way right it's not yeah. being like oh because you were like like I said like I was fucking like had a over a 4.0 in all the clubs captain of all like soccer team home co- like I was the number one at like pretty much everything I was doing right yeah. but did all yeah. the fucking things you know yeah. and like double majored and stuff and so but people be like, oh, I've kind of like, yeah, I've known that. I've That's assumed funny. that about you just based on how you think and how productive you are and how creative and all that. I was like, oh, like, okay, cool. I wouldn't have like looked at it that way. Dope, yeah. you know? Double um, double so majoring yeah. also aligns with that too, because eight people with ADHD, like a lot of times like are very multifaceted. Like the idea of like just focusing on like one thing, like I couldn't tell you how many business yeah. ideas I've had. It's insane. It's yeah, insane. I, I was like, well, I, cause I came in of course with a ton of credits from AP and honors classes. So it's like, I could graduate a year early or I could just do two majors. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's funny too. That, cause there's so many different levels of ADHD. And like, for me, mine was never like the school. So like and most people with ADHD do struggle with school, but some people can't, like, it doesn't mean if you're good at school, then you don't have ADHD. Yeah. But like, I was always like the good at like everything else except for like taking tests and stuff like uh and it was it that's like one thing too like people put pressure on themselves and they're not good at taking tests or like people go to like law school or whatever and they like can't take the test and it's like they could still be so good at it if like tests weren't the only measure I have a very strong because I went to school to be a teacher and I have a very strong opinion about like the school system and like how it's literally just like you go in there and you just memorize shit and it's like it's not the way our brain's supposed yeah. to learn. Like it's, it's designed crazy. to make you like good employees and good rule followers 100%. and good test takers, right? Like, and then we we yeah. gauge our like abilities on that, and I'm like, that's like the last bottom of the wrong way we should like measure our smartness. Yeah, <laughs> smartness. Exactly. Exactly. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and so one of the things you said before we hopped, like hit record was thinking about, okay, like I'm not broken or like, I'm not out of place or wrong, but like, was this system or was how this was built? Was this built for my brain? Right. Because yeah, yeah. even thinking about entrepreneurship, right? Like me being quote unquote unemployable at this point doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. I am not built to be an employee. Hell no. Like I'm not built to be in a nine to five, like working for someone else situation. No. Right. And so that's why we're like, well, no, then I'm going to make my own shit. Right. So yeah, yeah. So that reframe of like, no, like asking was the system built for me? Like, I love that you said that. Yeah. It's, I'm so passionate about that. I like said it one day on like a call with my, um, I have like a membership you can join whenever and like mm-hmm. you get calls, whatever. And like, so we do these calls every other week and I said it and I was like, Ooh, that's good. And I was just like, don't blame yourself. If something's not working, don't blame yourself. Don't blame the system. Cause that's another thing we'll do is like, we'll be like, Oh, well, I learned this from somebody and like, that doesn't work. It's like, no, that could actually be really great and beneficial for someone else. And especially if you are a coach, you do not want to blame systems because at, you need to know that everybody's going to work differently. Even being somebody that works with people with ADHD, I know that there are some systems that actually will work for someone that wouldn't work for your typical ADHD or, but would work for them. So yeah. that's why I say, don't blame yourself. Don't blame the system. Ask, was the system built for me? And so like this, you know, new program that I'm coming out with <laughs> and I'm doing it in like a, I have a masterclass going on right now called I work less and make more. And I created what I'm doing is I'm essentially creating, I'm working on it now, but like finishing up the touches, but I'm creating this like filter system that essentially is like helping you create this built in filter system that when you, especially as an entrepreneur, that when you are on the beautiful world that is social media, and you're seeing 10 million different ways to be successful in business and on social media a day, a way where you can know how you work, how you function, what works best for you based off of like your, your personality and like how you function. That way you can stop wasting time, like trying seven different things and realizing they don't work. And you can kind of be able to go like, almost like this mental checklist that goes like, you know, seven, eight, nine different things Based off of that, like that only ticks like two of those boxes, not even going to waste time with it. That sounds like for me. And like at the end of the day, you have to try everything, but that's what I want to help people do. And that's really going to be hardcore focus for me this year is like doing that because I feel like when we can do that again, we won't feel that we just can't use certain systems with an asterisk on this though, because another thing that I'm very passionate about is being patient with the process. Patience is so important for me. And I feel like a lot of times, whether a system works for you or not, whatever, but like, we'll try something and like, it's like, Oh, I, you know, somebody gave me this advice and I tried it for two weeks and it didn't work. Like, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, no, if you're going to try a system, like I tell my people that I work with three months minimum of you work with something, unless like maybe a month in, you really have a lot of resistance and people do not like to hear that, man. I get that reaction all the time where they're like, Oh, you know what I mean? They're like, well, I did it for today. Like it's your work, right? (laughs) I'm like, no. Okay. That's, that's a little, (laughs) yeah. Like three months to me. And again, if you're doing something and you notice a lot of resistance and like, like a day after day, it's not working. That's one thing, but like three months will give you a good bunch of data that will be like, how consistent was I? How much effort did I actually put into it? What was the energy behind it? Did I like trial and error my way through it? Because it just takes a lot of time to do that. And to me, it's always a win-win. 
it might be a long time, but after three months, if you try something, you're either going to know it definitely doesn't work for you. And that's a win because you can throw that out or you're going to be like, I gave this enough time. This does work. You know what I mean? So I think like people need to be way more patient. That's why, like you said, entrepreneurship is not for everybody because you got to be in it for the long game. And we live in a world where everybody's in everything for the short game. We're getting dopamine hits every five seconds with our phone. So I get it. You're chemically addicted to your phone, but it's, it's a process. My poor coach. I'm like, all right, like I'm, we've done this for like, da, 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 da. I haven't seen da, 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 like all this stuff. She's like, you've been doing it for two weeks. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, why hasn't it worked? Like it should work. <laughs> and most of the like, time okay. when we have those things, cause, and this is why we have, we work with mentors is like, even me knowing that like things take three months, I still have to be reminded by my mentors. Cause though, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, if this is a forever thing, if your business or you're just going to be a business owner for forever, or even like a month is like a drop in the bucket of something. Yes. Like yes. I created a new Instagram. Like I started the new one in August 12th. I think it was after okay. hitting almost 50,000 followers on my old Instagram. And like, it was just like a very humbling experience. And even me teaching this stuff to people, because like, you know, us, like sometimes we don't take our own advice. We're good at giving it out sometimes, but we got to, we got to take our own advice. And like, it was like three months in and I was like, this was the worst idea ever. I shouldn't have done this. And now I'm seeing like the benefits is like three months of having a new Instagram. Somebody started a new Instagram as a business owner. I'd be like, girl, buckle up for a year before you worry about anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? so Wait, so what was the shift in creating the new account? I feel like I like need to make like a post about this because I get this question all the time. And I know like a lot of people are kind of thinking about doing it. So because your account, like how I, I forget exactly how I found it, but you were like, you not just were still are fucking crushing it with reels content, crushing it. And like, and like, so like so many great ideas from your real, like all that. And so like, it was growing like crazy. So yeah, I'm curious why. Yeah. And it's funny too. Cause like, I feel like I was, I just from messages I was getting from people. Cause I send like a welcome message when people message me. I'm like, I just ask a simple question. Like what made you follow me? And I always get really good answers. And some people will literally unfollow me. Cause I messaged them that. And I'm right? like, cause they're like, oh, they're about to pitch me something. Yeah. Me and something. I'm like, no, I'm like, I literally just want to ask you the question. But like, if they, they were, if they're unfollowing me for that, they were never going to like end up working with me anyway. Um, but I get really <laughs> (laughs) really good answers from that. And people were like, I see you on explore page. I saw like my reels were popping the fuck off on the explore page. So uh, there's a lot, it's not like a simple answer. So a few reasons. One, I got the biggest one was I got the advice from more than like three or four, like mentors or Instagram coaches or whatever over time Two, And these were, this, this is part of the advice from them was no, you're fine. Um, was because if you've had your account for an extended period of time, like six, seven, I had mine for 12 years. So a long time. But if you had your account for a long time and you've posted about a lot of different niches, girl, um, I started at my don't. account. I know. Like I know. When I tell people business, this, like, I'm going to tell you everything. I have, a, I have a PR agency and I just was like, we're not posting PR content anymore. Like a year ago. So we've like done like PR yeah. fitness. Oh dear. Yeah, when I explain this to everybody, they're like, Ooh, that sounds like me. And I'm like, yeah. So, and there's more to it, but I literally was a, I went to school. I went to IIN Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I was a holistic health coach. So I was mint chocolate vegan was my name. That was my name. Mint chocolate vegan. Then I went paleo. So I was mint chocolate paleo. Oh, and so I was like a vegan <laughs> recipe page and I was a paleo page. Then I did a lot of fitness 
Then I did life coaching and then I shifted to more business life. I still, I still don't like consider myself just a business coach because I am so like, we talk about all that trauma response stuff. Like I'm very much within that space. And so like, I've just posted about a million different topics. So if you do that and you keep changing like topics, the algorithm starts to get to a point where there's no turning back. And so like, even though it's just like, fuck this chick, like we're going to give up on her. (laughs) And so the thing about it is, is like, yes, my reels were doing well, but based off of my numbers and how, and I believe I have good content and I was told I had good content. They were like, your numbers should be way higher than they are. And so like, I just knew I could perform better. And it was frustrating because it's not about the numbers, but it's about knowing that like, I like the algorithm and like that you blame the algorithm, but like all these factors were part of the reason why it was stuck. And I wanted a fresh slate. Yeah. And it's not about the numbers and like you're running a business. Right. And so like, if, if shifting is going to be more beneficial for the business, then that's what you do. Right. Yeah, And the other thing that was an issue that a lot of people don't realize, so you can like go check. If you go to your Instagram and you go to like the, like the three little tabs on the side hit settings and you just type like where you search in the settings, um, status and you see your account status, you can see if you have any like slaps on the wrist from stuff. This is so dumb, but I had like four or five and they were because, cause I like an idiot would use my account for like, I still used it as in a personal sense. Cause I don't, I didn't have a personal account. I was just like, I'm keeping them the same. I never posted like personal, like pictures or anything on my page, like on my story maybe. But so I would like comment on my friend's picture and be like, Oh my God, you look so good, bitch. And then they would flag me for harassment or bullying. And I'm like, but wait, doesn't someone have to like report you for that? To have no, it- not necessarily. Oh. Not with the way the Instagram oh, guidelines I, are. I like posted a meme that said like the word killing it. And it wasn't even talking about like killing someone. It was like a, I don't even fucking about the weather or something. Like, I don't yeah. even know. And I was like, wait, you're, are you serious? Like it was like, shoot it or something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's so dumb. So I had like, I love like electronic music and I commented on a DJ's page once and he like released this like amazing song. And I was like, this song makes me want to punch babies again, like got flagged. And so like, I get it, but I asked for them to be reviewed thinking a human would look at them and right. it got stuck in review for over six months and it never changed. It just said pending. And I was like, there's no way it can sit in pending and my counts in a good, in a good space. So all of those reasons, like I was getting like easily six figure views on all of my reels gaining like sometimes a thousand followers a week. And then it dropped to the point where like, I was getting like 10 followers a week. I was getting like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 views, which still isn't that bad, but like the way it was trending, it it wasn't my following stayed the same. It was like 40, 8.9 8.9 for literally eight or nine months. That doesn't make any oh, sense. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. It does. It's yeah. the same oh. exact following. So I was gaining, losing, gaining, losing. But so I was just like, rip the bandaid off. So advice, if you've been thinking about doing it and anything no, sounds, any of this sounds like you, I recommend do it sooner than later. Cause now that I've done it and I can see the differences, I wish I would have done it sooner. And I also recommend not treating your, like, don't follow, like one of the biggest pieces of advice I got with a new account that I didn't do on my old account is only follow accounts that are similar to your niche. So I was like following yeah. like food pages and restaurant pages and my friends on my other account. So now I literally only follow accounts, not that are exact like ADHD, but like people who talk about Instagram coaching or like money or whatever, just like people in the realm of like personal business growth. So Okay. This is good advice. I don't, I I don't like it. I don't like it, but I think you're right. I'm probably not going to 
do that. <laughs> but it's it, like, I get it. So, like if you, as long, I would say, as long as you like, cause your numbers can be slow, but mine to me, the, like all those other factors matter. The biggest thing that made me go, like, I got to do this was the fact that my following stayed the same for almost a year. It never went yeah. up. That doesn't make any sense. So if your following is at least the numbers going up somewhat, I think that you might be okay, you know, but I, my following yeah. was just, the same. and I was, cru- everybody was like, your reels are so good. And I was like, so why right. is my following the exact same? Like, it just doesn't right. make sense. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Good to mm. know though. Yeah. I would love to hear like, what are, and I'm, and obviously you have a whole mastermind about it. So much content, all that kind of stuff, your membership community. So this is not obviously exhaustive, but like, what are some, maybe for you personally, what have been some good tactics or strategies for managing your ADHD for better focus, all of that. Cause like when we were, you were saying that like one of my things for focus is like with the, especially the overdoing thing. And like, I used to be in this constant, like my, uh, you know, constant cycle, whether whatever job it was in, even with myself and my own business for a while of like making my to-do list impossible, right? Like impossible to complete in a day. And once I, like, there was a point when I did like a time audit and I was like, oh, well, no wonder I feel like a piece of shit every day that I can't do all the things that I'm supposed to quote unquote, supposed to do because I'm giving myself 16 hours of things to do a day, you know? And so like literally one post-it and like even going to two columns in a post-it that's like overkill, right? I'm like, if it can't fit on one, two by two post-it, that's too much to do in one day. Yeah. I recommend people don't put more than three to five things on their to-do list a day. Like no more yeah. than that. Yeah. yeah. But, Usually like some of these are just like, you know, quick, like email that, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I'm like, if it has to go beyond that, that's why like, like my notes app, like even doing that sometimes way too aggressive. Cause I'm like, it can go on forever. Yeah. 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 So I'm, and a lot of the work that I do is all about focusing on the root versus the bandaid yeah. of the problem. So When we think about like, for example, procrastination, what people will do when they procrastinate is they're like, I just got to like, stop procrastinating. So they'll like get a better planner or they'll try to like fix the procrastination instead of asking, why am I procrastinating in the first place? So my first answer, even though it's not what people want to hear is like, figure out why focus is so hard for you. Yes. We might just say, Oh, I have ADHD, but see if there's anything else going on, anything else, like whether it's just like what's going on in your life. Is it how you set up like your desk and your system? Like there's so many factors that you want to make sure that you're working from it at the root. So then everything else that you do and get advice, like some things I'm going to share will work because they're actually working versus just being a band-aid on the problem and everything else is still like mm-hmm. a big fucking mess underneath. So that would be first. I also think that like, I always use procrastination as an example, but I think it's such a big thing. People with ADHD, like the number one thing that they do is typically procrastinate. And so I think procrastination is a mask. Six reasons why I find people procrastinate oh that the deeper okay. level, fear of failure, fear of success, caring about what people think, all or nothing thinking, perfectionism, and needing to know all the answers first before you start. Mm. And so if you find that you have a huge fear of success, which most people it's unconscious for people. Cause they're like, why would I not want to be successful right. for whatever reason? 
like you could view success as bad. Like if you had parents that were owned their own business, they were really busy, you never saw them. You could, or you knew someone when you grow up that like made money look really evil and bad, then you equate having money equals being a bad person or having money means yeah. I never have any free time. So you will unconsciously self-sabotage by procrastinating, you know, standing yeah. in your own way, not doing certain things. So I think like, these are so important. I know like you're asking like, how do I focus better? And you're like, focus on your trauma. But to me, no, you, but it's true. It's yeah, true. If you can work on that, then everything feels more second nature versus pulling teeth. So that would yes. be like my big answer. But in Absolutely. terms of kind of some like everyday things you can do, one, it depends on how you function. So I think knowing how you function is going to be best. Also working on a kind of like another root level would be like making sure like your sleep is good. Your nutrition is not perfect, mm-hmm. but decent. Mm-hmm. Like sugar is like one of the things that is really rough for people with ADHD to have. Not that you can't have any sugar, but like if you're consuming like a lot of soda or things that like just have like a lot of not great sugar in them, it's a dope, it's a dopamine hit. And we yeah. are, con- people with ADHD are constantly chasing dopamine more than the average person. And so then you're constantly chasing it, chasing it. It's a mess. This is so interesting. With the like brain moving super fast, the yes, procrastination, absolutely. The wild thing about my procrastination is I would still pull off fucking A's, right? And so I'd so often be like, if only, like, what would things have looked like if I just spent some time ahead of time, right? Like, well, well, but, and so with that, but then also the like, the, the brain moving super fast. Sometimes when I'm in that, like super creative brain is flowing and fucking creative ideas, all this kind of stuff. If I don't write them down or capture them in some way, 30 minutes later, I might be depleted and exhausted and like, like have like almost a like energetic, like brain hangover and be like, I can't go back. Like I already, they already happened. I can't go backwards yeah. to them. Yeah. The moment the, the flash happened, we lost it. Yeah. And like what you're saying, I, something I'm really passionate about talking about, because I will have people who are like, listen, I did really well in school. And like, I do well now because when I procrastinate, I put myself under pressure and then I can get a lot of stuff done in a little bit of time. And I'm like, that is you focusing on short-term comfort over the long-term game. Because what you see is I procrastinate and then I get all my stuff done. So like they, they always say like, it's working. Yeah. It's working. Like, but I'm like, no, you've trained yourself and you're only focusing on like, if we look at it in a timeline, you're only focusing on the end. What about the entire three to six months? You just spent stressing yourself out, creating guilt and shame that you didn't start. You didn't start yet. You didn't start yet. You didn't start yet. That entire time you, yeah, you may have had this like great celebration moment of the past two days where you didn't sleep and you got everything done and that feels good. But do you not give a shit about yourself for the past three to six months? Yeah. Like you don't even think about it. And the only reason the pressure works is because you've trained yourself to function that way, but you can yeah. untrain yourself. People yes. just don't want to do it. Yes. And that's actually something, one of my, uh, 2022, which I, it seems like you might be able to relate or you're in this right now a little bit, but like 2022 was like literally like dark night of the soul after dark night of the soul, like ego death upon ego death. I'm like, what the fuck, you know, man. And one of my biggest breakthroughs was like, oh shit, I'm in a trauma bond with my business and with my bank account. It looks a lot different than it used to because we've done a lot of healing and we're like at a whole new level and like my level of comfort and my like is abundant, all of that. I'm like, but I still will put my, like will subconsciously get myself into these scarcity situations to where I have to be in that fucking all or nothing, chaotic, panic energy. And yeah, I create a 
fuck ton from that place. Right. But I'm like, why do I repeatedly have to go to that place, that pressure, negative pressure, not feel good pressure to then create a ton of magic. And, and so like, yeah, the end of the year, I was like, I'm done with this pattern. I'm done with that. Like, so like simplicity and consistency is the vibe for 2023. And though, like, I do think, and I'd be curious about what you think about this, like creating a like false sense or artificial pressure of like, like, even if it's like quick time, like this fucking guy, right? Like the cube timer, right? Like Mm -hmm. giving yourself like a race. Okay. How much can I get done in the next like hour? Right. Or like, okay, like here's my deadline. Right. Cause like sometimes too, and I don't know if this ADHD thing or whatever it is, but like, it's like, oh, if I have a certain amount of things to do in a day or a month, right. If I have a month to do them, it'll take a month. If I have a day, I'll get them done three hours. Right. And so, so that is like, I found too, like creating kind of false deadlines and rewards even of like, okay, well, once I get done with this, I get to like, go do this fun thing, or I get to do this. Like having a different little, like, I guess, dopamine rewards along the way to train yourself or myself to not wait till the very last minute. Yeah. And like doing that also can be like, we're addicted to stress, addicted to chaos and chaos is our comfort zone. If you were in a household that was chaotic (laughs) for what your body's familiar with is chaos. And so like the idea of being in a not, that's why when you go, you you're in a not so great relationship and then you like an abusive or like a chaotic one. And then you're in a good one. You think that the relate good relationship isn't good because it's not chaotic. And it's, and you think it's boring, but it's not, it's just, this is safe and safe. Is this healthy? Right. And what you're talking about is Parkinson's law. It's like the amount, the amount of time. I was like, excuse me, wait, what? The amount of time you have to do something as long as you'll take. So, so yes, I agree with that as well. Like kind of share that in a little bit of a different way, but like, I usually offer that as like advice in the sense of whatever Like I usually offer it to people who like are going from the employee mindset to the entrepreneur mindset where they're like, I do better when like somebody's holding me accountable and I have a boss and they tell me when to come in and like that helps me create discipline. So I'm like, well, think about what made you successful in that when you had a boss, like what were some of the commonalities? What was like a piece of whatever you were doing that worked and how can you recreate that? Mm -hmm. So I love that idea with that. Another thing that kind of in terms of like focus, that would be like the second route. Cause I have like some practical stuff, but I'm always about simple, but I'm also about like, we're going to work on this the real way versus right. not the, yeah, exactly. It. I mean, you already said it, not the bandaid, yeah. yeah. but would be like something that's going to help your brain actually function a little bit better. So some people need to take medication. Like that's fine. I'm not against it. I took Concerta for like literally like over 10 years. But I am obsessed. And this is not like an ad. I just share it with everybody because it's amazing. So there's this product called Thesis. It's a nootropic for people don't know what a nootropic is. Mm -hmm. I like to explain. It's just like a brain supplement. Like think like ADHD medication, but you got it from Whole Foods. Like it's like very- Microdosing has been like so helpful. That too. But so so (laughs) this is just a nootropic and there's a lot of nootropics out there. It just helps with like focus, word recall, memory, like attention, procrastination. I love thesis because you get to pick your formula. And so like you get to say like what you struggle with. And like, I typically get the energy formula, the clarity, the creativity and confidence. Mm-hmm. They have like a logic, a motivation. And so you take it based off what you need to get done that day. So like I take clarity before I do calls. I take creativity when it's like mm-hmm. a project day. 
and it works better than anything I've ever used. So that can be, especially if you have ADHD, like you can try all the focus tools you want, but like it doesn't, you know, always work. So that would be another suggestion. I like that. But the thing I always remind people is like, I always say, I just talked about this on our work less, make more call today. And I always bring up the thing with like reminders on our phone and everybody's like, wow, brand new information. Never heard of setting a reminder before. And my first question is how often do you ignore your reminders? They go a lot of the time, ignore them. You, every time you ignore a reminder, you create it that I ignore my reminders. You're literally creating a, just like when you create new. And it's a little erosion of self-confidence, right. And trust in yourself. It's a mess. And so like you create this new neuron pathway in your brain that says when reminders go off, I ignore them. So that's why it continues to get easier to ignore them. So like with reminders, you have to work. And I have this something called the PPC timeline. It's puberty plateau coast. And it's like essentially what I noticed like is the process people go, the timeline people go through when they're trying to create new habits or new perspective or mindset shifts. There's the puberty stage, which is like two to four weeks of like, this is new. I forget. It's awkward. It's not a part of my normal like routine. And so we think when we're creating a new habit or when we're going to use reminders or sticky notes that like, oh, I set this as a goal. I'm going to do it and it's going to work. And it's like, no, it's going to be hard. You're going to forget. So you have to like, know you're in the puberty stage and know that it's going to be messy. You're going to have to maybe set a reminder for your reminder. And then another reminder for that reminder. But like the important piece, and this is from Atomic Habits by James Clear. Love it. He always says you are voting or not voting to be a certain kind of person. So if every time the reminder goes off and you ignore it, you put a vote in the category that says, I ignore my reminders. So they do work really well. Mm. But like having some kind of like accountability, I think for yourself, I also love, there's a lot of like sounds and things you can listen to, but I love yeah. brown noise on YouTube. If okay. you just brown noise specifically, there's like white noise and green noise, but brown noise. I love them. binaural beats for focus. Yeah. Like sometimes like good binaural beats. Like if I'm in like an anxiety spiral or something and just like brain is like glitching almost what it feels like, like I've put binaural beats on before and it just makes me cry. Cause it like just shuts up like oof, right like you might feel that way with brown noise because brown noise will like it just it's like I don't know it just helps everything like go in so another I didn't anticipate this would be such a like coaching session in any way I was like I'm getting so much out of this this is fucking awesome there's also a new app I haven't shared about it yet because I like to really test things for like a good while before I ever like share it so if you follow me and I share something you know it's good because I will not share it unless I've like tested it out but there's a new app I've been using it for maybe like three weeks called Indel it's E-N-D-E-L it does cost money I think you can do like 10 bucks a month or something, but it's like 60 bucks for the year. And it's like all these different sounds for different scenarios. So if you need to focus, Mm. if you need to meditate, if you are like working out, doing yoga, it's like binaural beats, but it's like very, it's similar, but different. And so I feel like that helps a lot because the biggest thing with focus is one, you have to know what your distractions are. If you know that your phone is your biggest distraction, people are always like, my phone really gets in the way. And I'm like, take the fucking thing and throw it in the other room. Have like a time block in your day (laughs) when like, cause everybody's like, Oh, I need my phone. I work on my business. I'm on social media consistently. And there are times where I can get stuff done and I don't need my phone. So set up your day where you have like a certain chunk of time, whether it's an hour or two hours where it's like, these are my non-phone related tasks. And then literally put your phone in the other room. If you know you, when you get off task, it's hard for you to get back on literally. And this is important, like tell your partner or tell anybody that you live with for the next hour, like, don't disrupt me. Like there has to be, don't talk to me. If I start to talk to you. (laughs) 
exactly. So like, I think that people are always very reactive when it comes to focus and we need to be proactive about like how we can make it so we get off task less. So, I mean, I could probably go on for hours about like all the different things, but those would be some of the main ones that I I would love it. That's amazing. I mean, I was going to say like, well, now like dug into so much. So actually I would love to hear like the working less and making more because I, a fun fact, like I did a masterclass last year, literally called that. Really? (laughs) No way. That's funny. It was so cool. I was like, all right, we've got some similar wavelengths going on here. So I would love for you to explain how that works for you or how you saw that come to life for yourself. Like the idea of working less and yeah. making more or the masterclass. I mean, I guess that's like kind of the, same uh, the, I, the whole idea of it, right? Not necessarily the master, the, the membership, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. that whole concept for yourself. Yeah. So there's some deep things, but I went on a like workaholic recovery program for myself. I would say like once like the pandemic started or like, a... no, 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 no. Just like my own. Whoa. Is one? <laughs> I know. Probably. No, so I, I realized I needed to, I would say 2020, like in the middle of like the pandemic. Cause we were, I was already working from home. I've been doing this for like 10 years. So I was already working from home. And then like everybody was like home and I was like even more in that bubble. And I realized like, I was just, over the waking up and literally working seven. Well, I say working, but if we really look at, and as I explained to my workaholics is like, we'll say we work all day, but if you took only chunks where you were actually getting work done and you pulled out all the breaks and the procrastination and the distraction, you actually wouldn't be working that long, which can prove to you that you actually can work less and make more if you're intentional. So like 2020 and 2021 were all of like healing from being a workaholic. That was like Mm -hmm. my main goal. I had like mantras around it. And what I realized is like, you can't get rid of the coping mechanism and think you've solved the problem. So I had an eating disorder. I went through some other stuff, but I went through an eating disorder and healed from that. So I thought, and then I essentially without realizing it until I realized it was, I just, I didn't really heal why I had that. And like my need for control, which was really the issue. Mm-hmm. I just transferred my coping mechanism from an eating disorder to working all the time. My business was now my coping mechanism. And when I realized that it like, it changed everything. And in the group, we talk about this, about like, what's your driver for working, like working all the time. I say there's money scarcity, which is usually number one worth is a lot of times another thing. Then there's like control perfectionism. There's some other things. And so I realized that like money and scarcity was one of them. But for me, it was like a lot of like the attention or like control. Like if I could control my business and be really successful, then like people will love me or I will like be worthy enough. And so I realized that slowly, but surely I saw that I could actually work less and make more. And it was when I let go of control more and when I actually worked less, like I worked less in 2022 then and even 2021 than I did all the previous years of being an entrepreneur. And I made like triple than what I made when I was working all the time. Yeah. I had that like big breakthrough when I, so my last job job at a PR agency where I was working like 60 to 80 hours a week and just like, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, just like miserable and stuff. And like, not the whole time, but like, yeah, you know, you know, pretty quickly into it. And the last year I was like anxiety attack in the bathroom every day, like all just like, it was awful. And like, to the point where I was so miserable and there was like some just really like yucky stuff going on with like coworkers too. Yeah. Like, and it was a small office and I was like, 
you know, anyway. And so I had like was able to, I like made an agreement with like the owners and stuff to like work from home a few days a week too. And once I did that, I was like, the amount of fucking time that I save by not chit-chatting with people I don't want to fucking chit-chat with and like doing the twice a day walk to the cafe to get coffee with you and like did it all this stuff. I was like, we don't need to be in the fucking office as long as we are like, what the hell, you know? So that was like, for one, for me, I was like, fuck this nine to five shit or not even nine to five, like eight eight to eight stuff. But then also like exactly what you said, right. Releasing control. Like when I did a lot of that masculine, feminine harmonization work, I was like, wow, I've made more like 2020. I was like, I've made more money than I've ever made in my life times like five. And I barely am working. Like, this is awesome. We don't realize how not intentional we are. Like, even if like you're listening to this and like you work, like, you know, the, you don't own your own business and you work, maybe work a regular job, like even just in like the work world. And I'm, I'm glad I'm seeing it in different, like countries are going to like the four hour or the four day work week and things like that. There's so much wasted time in the in-between because again, Parkinson's law, like we have all day, like we'll take that. And like, there's the piece of it that, cause a lot of what I'm teaching in the group is it's not just necessarily like the driver for it, but it's also the habit of it. If yeah. you, because of money and scarcity, you've worked all the time, because if you don't work, you have a fear of not surviving. There's also the habit of like, it's so weird to like, I could only work two to three hours and get the same amount of work in. Like it's, we can't even fathom that that's possible, oh. but when you start to do it, you're like, Oh, oh I, yeah. I all of like, literally most of my work for the week can be done in two focused four hour chunks of time. Yeah. I work. And like then like, yeah. And then like calls, yeah. Calls, podcast interviews, that sort of thing. But I'm like the actual like computer work, work, like Yeah. Like emails, inbox, post on social media, and maybe like work on like a project, like, but even projects, like that's where all or nothing comes in where like a lot of people will like, I'm all about like chunks. I'm working on something for this new program I'm coming out with. And like, I could probably get it done. Like I'm going to work on it a little bit after this. I usually don't work late, but it's kind of a little bit of a deadline. I could like probably stay up till like 2am and do it, but like, no, I'm going to work on it 30 minutes, an hour at a time. And it'll be done in like a week. And that'll be fine. It's like, people don't like that. They think they'll spontaneously combust if they don't do everything all right now, but all or nothing is also trauma-based. Yeah. Okay. A few more things. And you know, we're about wrapping up. So something that you, I feel like you've shared a few things on this on social media and something you posted in your stories, I think earlier today, but about like the idea of like connecting more with your body and listening to your body's guidance, letting your body lead more. I would love to hear what that means for you and what that yeah, looks like. So this is like one of my newer journeys. Yeah. I like 22 was 20, 2022 was like a big eye-opening thing for me in terms of like somatic work and, and like mm. nervous system. And I've always on like, it's kind of been one of those things that like within my own education, like I've always been like, you know, looking at and then toying with and doing like a little bit of research, but I dove into it a lot last year. And so I think the best way to explain it was my breathwork facilitator, like God love her. She has made me have like the most insane realizations in my life, but she said something because I'm a Virgo, I'm a manifester in human design. When's your birthday? September 12th. Oh, August 28th. Are you a Virgo? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Hi. I don't think I know any August (laughs) Virgos, but anyway, I'm just very, and then my masculine energy, I'm like a go-getter. Tell me what to do. I'll do it type of person. And so when you are that kind of person, who's like, I take care of my shit. I'm a boss ass bitch. Like I get shit done. We're problem solvers. And so what we tend to do is when it comes to our healing, 
We try to problem solve that. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can, it's important to ask why I'm all about that. Like, where do things come from? And why, why am I triggered? Whatever. But we can get so much into psychoanalyzing ourselves that we think about our feelings instead of feeling them. So the question she presented to me mm-hmm. was like, Alexis, do you feel your feelings? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm a cancer moon. Of course I feel my feelings. Like I cry all the time. Like I feel <laughs> I know, like, my feelings. Gemini moon. There yeah. Right here. Um, so, but she was like, no, I mean, like, I don't mean, do you think about them? I mean, do you feel them in your body? And I was like, um, I don't know how to answer that question. She was like, try yoga Nidra. And so I was like, I don't know what that is, but I tried it. And like, it's all about literally like feeling every single piece of your body, like from your right finger to your left finger from like, you feel everything. And I did it. And within three minutes, I burst into tears because it felt like my entire body was feeling emotions that I haven't felt my entire life because I'm always trying to think my way out of it. Okay. This happened. And this person said this, so I'm triggered. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why do I feel this way? I'm, you know, okay. I feel this, I feel this way because of this. And it's because like of my like abuse and then my trauma. And then like, okay, I'm going to like journal about it. And then I'm going to do a meditation on it. And then we're going to like release and then we're going to do a cord cutting. And it's like, what if I just like sat with that and like felt where it came up in my or it's body? Like, or maybe I just slow the fuck down and just like cry. Yeah. And that might be it. That might be yeah. all that's needed. Yeah. And like <laughs> you know? those questions are important, but they have just like masculine and feminine needs to be balanced out. Like the not just psychoanalyzing everything needs to be balanced out. And I think like just being able to ask like, where in my body do I feel this? Or like just learning a lot about like somatic work last year and just how much things are held in our nervous system. Like when we get anxiety, what we tend to do is like, if we're like shaky or our heart's beating really fast, we do everything we can to like, okay, maybe if I sit still enough, like it'll go, but our body's asking for us to fucking move. And so like when you have anxiety, like shake that shit out, like dance, punch something, move. And you'll be amazed at how much like, like everything happens in our body first. If you have anxiety, what I help my clients with is like, if you have anxiety, what, what happens first before anxiety ever gets up here and we start like overanalyzing is we feel it. Most people, like, if you ask like, where do you feel anxiety first? Like people were like in my chest in my back in my hands, whatever. If you can catch it, And if you notice, like, not that you can plan anxiety, but you'll notice that you'll feel the feeling first before it travels. And so if you can catch it, you can just allow it to be and happen, pass through and focus it just on a body thing. Mm -hmm. And then it will most likely never travel up here. And it's like, it's, you have to really practice it, but it's crazy. So I think that for me and just listening to my body more and allowing like, things to just exist or feel them. Like I've been really practicing this whenever I have anxiety and it's crazy. Like I'll, instead of being like, Oh my God, I'm anxious. Cause I have OCD. And so a lot of it is like, you know, having these intrusive thoughts and then they just go off and then like my anxiety will go crazy. But when I have it, I'm just like, I'm feeling anxious right now. This is anxiety. I am feeling it in my chest. Yeah. I feel it in my hands. I'm sweating. This is anxiety. Yeah. And it's like, amazing how much quicker it goes versus me with my OCD trying to convince myself I'm not anxious. Yes. That's been something that was, was really powerful for me in healing my chronic anxiety and reconnecting to my body, my intuition, all of that of being like, when I would feel it be like, Oh, like not even me. Right. Like I would say, yeah. Oh, my, my body's experiencing anxiety right now. Yeah, exactly. Hey, bo- hey body. It's okay. Yeah. What, what do you need? What's going yeah. on? Right. Like, just like, Sometimes like, it's like, and that's so basic, but we don't like, think but it, like, yeah, that it's crazy. Way. We don't think that way. It's just like leaning into it instead of trying to change it or run yeah. away from it. But we're so afraid to lean into it because of like what that means. When you think about it, it's like, if you're feeling anxious, cause like you aren't anxiety, but like you're feeling anxious, 
what, what will happen. And and like, I know this might not be like the biggest revelation because it's like obvious, but it's one of these things, you know, somebody says something a million times. And then finally, like somebody says it a certain way and it clicks. Somebody said like, cause I know depression is about focusing on the, on the past and anxiety is about focusing on the future. But like he said specifically, like anxiety is the fear of a future event. Yeah. And I was like, we, and I was high when I was <laughs> thinking about this, but I was like, we, like, if I'm anxious, I'm thinking about something in the future. That means I'm not actually even like the experience isn't happening right now. I'm just yeah. thinking about it happening in what the future. So like, happen? yeah, but it's like, I'm not even experiencing it. My body is prepping for it, but it's not actually happening. And like, I know that's energy. so simple. Like, log- but- it is, but like logically you're like, this is a waste of energy body. Like, yeah. don't, we don't need to do this right now. Right. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> It's so interesting being a human, right? Yeah. <laughs> All of its trauma. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So uh, only a, like two more questions. We're, we're basically right at time. Okay. Completely unrelated. But I noticed that your dog has an interesting dog name, Gerald, right? Yeah. I have Ned and Gerald, but yeah. Gerald. Ned and Gerald. Okay. Because my dog also has a very weird human name. My dog's name is Lydia. She's a pit bull boxer. That. So yeah. I would, I'm curious if those, if you, if they came with, I don't know if they're rescues, you chose those names or what the story is with that. Cause like mine, cause I started fostering her and like, when you foster, you can't like change the dog's name. And so she came as Lydia as really? a one-year-old, a one-year-old pit bull puppy. I was like, what, why did you name this dog Lydia? And then I fostered her for six months and then adopted her. And at that point I was like, well, I know I can change your name to anything I want and you'll figure it out. But I'm like, I'm too used to it. So I have a pit bull named Lydia and it's hilarious. It's ridiculous. So, so yeah, I was like, all right, she's got some funny human dog names too. Yeah. I like, we've decided that like all of our dogs, whether they're male or female are going to be named like just old man or women names. So the funny, cause we didn't name them like those names for the purpose of old men names. When we named them, Ned was named from game of Thrones. There's a character called Stark and his nickname is Ned. So that was him. And then Gerald was named for, (laughs) we know a few different like Gerald things, but it was like a DJ related thing. But then we realized like men, Gerald are old men names. And we were like, now we have to name, like we're going to, if we get like another girl dog, it's going to be named like Gertrude or something. So yeah, we just like happened to name them (laughs) that way. And now I like love the idea of like naming them dog names versus, is like sparkle or something like yeah, i think it's you're like, so funny yeah you're like elizabeth samuel yeah, yeah. Here, even though James. we call we call gerald gg i don't know how it happened but like that's what we call him we like rarely call him gerald but we call him gg right. somehow i like that i like that okay we'll we'll go ahead and wrap things up because i know it's, it's i mean this is late for me and you're an hour ahead so um so number one where can everybody find you number two how can people work with you and like, yeah. And you have like a, a program right now, like for people with ADHD, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. you can find me on all the things at just at the tough love coach. And I try to let people know I have a podcast too. So you can listen, listen to me there. It's called XOXO, your tough love coach. I am redefined what tough love means. I am not like here to be a drill sergeant. My tough love is, is sometimes 
getting you to actually be kinder to yourself because you don't, you need like that call out. So just, mm. just know that if you're scared of yeah. the word tough love, but at the tough love coach, currently I have one-on-one spots open. I have my tough love collective, which is essentially like, the, I, this is really like not reserved, like you can't join it, but really for the people who just like vibe with me, who've like watched my content, love what I share. And so it's a year long membership. So you got to commit to the year. So that's why it's like a really tight knit community for people who like want that maybe aren't ready to work one-on-one, but kind of one, we do like a, you know, bi-weekly calls. So you get that space to ask questions, get support. You get access to like all my stuff, like online, like um, my tough love collective curriculum, like business videos, habits, videos, all that. And you get access to everything that I offer all year long. So if I hold a masterclass, if I hold anything, like you automatically get access to that. So that's kind of like the way to really be as close to me as you can without being a one-on-one coach yeah. or a one-on-one, one-on-one client. And then I occasionally like do like pop-up masterclasses, things like that. But what I have coming out that I'm really, really excited about. And like today is technically the day that I launched it. It's called business design for ADHD. And it's a mastermind. It's three months. We are doing bi-weekly calls. And the thing I'm really excited about is it's going to be bigger in terms of the amount of people where our goal is like between like 30 or 40 people, which sounds like a lot. Yeah. But the, what I'm really excited about it is because on the calls, we are going to, you're going to be surrounded by all different kinds of people, but within the group chats, because I always do group chats for them, we're going to kind of do like breakout rooms essentially where like each group chat on Voxer, I'll be in, obviously be in all of them, but they'll be paired based off your goals and desires. So if you happen to be somebody who already has a business and you love being surrounded by people that are like maybe making more money than you, you know, doing quote unquote, better than you. Cause I like, I know I always want to be that. Like I want to be around people that are like doing better than me. Cause that's like going to lift me up. Right. So you can be in that, or if you want to be in one of the groups where like people who are just launching their business or brand new to that, like you're going to be in that. So I think it's just going to be a really awesome way to like get the advice and like inspiration on the calls from all different kinds of people, but then you kind of get to go back to your safe pace, like in the group chat. And so essentially this is literally what the name is business design for ADHD. So everything that we talked about today, it's very much like figuring out for you, not just like the ADHD, but anything that's connected to like your trauma, like these triggers, like these things that are holding you back. Like, do you have a fear of failure? Do you have a fear of success? You can get really clear on what's actually getting in the way. And then we help you figure out what system works for you. Something that I mentioned that I'm working on is this making a personality quiz is really hard. I figured it would be, but it's, it's, I've been working on it for like a week. And so I've come up with, I'm calling it like (laughs) for like a week. I was expecting like months. Well, I've been working on it for longer, but like after I've like done everything, it's like coming up with like the answers and making sure everything connects. But so it's the, the seven different archetypes of how I get shit done. So essentially what these are is there's the, I won't say like exactly what they are, but there's the chameleon, the overthinker, the ADHD, the type a color coder, the procrastinator, the simple and slow and the cheetah. And you might be like, if this is business design for ADHD, why would there be an ADHD is because everybody with ADHD is different. There are some people who have ADHD that are more type a, or there's other people that are more overthink or they procrastinate. And so this is going to be such a integral piece of this, because once you take this and you understand what your archetype is, we're going to talk about different strategies for your morning routine, your daily schedule, your to-do list, social media, workflow, work-life balance. And of course, there are going to be days where you fall more under the chameleon or more under the cheater or more under other ones, but you'll know which strategies. And at the end of the day, they're all a suggestion, but it's like, I've been working with people for a really long time, worked with thousands of people. So I kind of know like 
based off of this, this might be the best strategy for you with social media. If you flow like this, this might be best for how you do your work-life balance. And so it's essentially like, there's not necessarily like one goal. We're all going to have our goals for our different levels of business, but it's about finding out this back to what I said at the beginning. We're not blaming ourselves. We're not blaming the system. We're finding out what system was, were built for us and how to create again, this in built in filter system. So you can filter out what works for you and what doesn't. And I'm just like, I'm over the moon about this. I've done a lot of masterminds before, but I don't think I've ever been this excited for this mastermind. Sounds awesome. I mean, and shit, like, like I said, I was not expect, like this was so valuable for me. Right. And so I, I know that like the, for the audience and everyone listening, I'm sure got so much out of it too. This was fascinating. And so I can only imagine like being in a, for, for people who are having a lot of trouble, like figuring out a system or a structure or whatever kind of flow works for them, like how fucking supportive this, yeah. this is. And this will be and it's, like, super it's cool. also about like the thing I love and masterminds are always like this, but like, especially with ADHD, the thing I'm most excited about is feeling seen and being mm-hmm. in a group of 40 people. Like, yes, the, the group chats will be smaller, but like on the calls and just like, having people share things and you go like, Oh my God, I'm not just broken. I'm not just lazy. Like I'm, this is just like me. I think it's just, and the girl, the price is insane. I'm like, won't share that just yet, but like, okay. I have like a VIP thing where like you can like, there's only going to be five spots, but you get a one-on-one call with me every month. But like we decided with me and my mentor and I was like, are you sure about this? And then like, once we figured out everything, I was like, you know what? This is awesome. So it's just like, it's amazing. It's insane. I'm, I'm beyond excited for it. It's just going to be a place where people can actually feel seen and then like get shit done in a way that works for them. So, I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Last question, which I ask everybody on the show. So this show Amplify is very much about people who like supporting people to like own their truth, get more connected with who they are, use their voice, like stand out in the world as the most amplified, authentic, fully self-expressed, abundant version of themselves. So like, I would love any, any sort of like final parting word, whether it's a quote, a question to ask yourself, just something to think on to support people and really like stepping into that, like fully embodied, fully amplified version of themselves. So instead of trying to like force myself to try to think of something, I'm just going to share like randomly what like came into my brain. Perfect. I'm just going to use this as an example. Cause I'm, I'm a very much a metaphor person. That's how my ADHD brain like, likes things. Like you can explain something to me, but I'm like, no, I need a metaphor for yeah. me to understand it. <laughs> I work with people who like, will will sometimes say like, oh, I don't like my picture taken and I will challenge them. And I'm not like trying to tell them how to feel, but I'll challenge them to say, is it that you don't like your picture taken or is that you're not like confident enough to get the picture taken. And they'll be like, oh no, I just really, I really don't like it. And so like, once we work together, like I end up finding out all of a sudden they're behind that camera and all of a sudden they're feeling like more comfortable. So this idea, like what I'm trying to get at is when you feel like something just isn't you or isn't like working for you or whatever, make sure you take a second to ask kind of going back to like, is the system built for me? But in the sense of like, is it really that I, this doesn't vibe with me or I don't like this thing? Or is there something else that if I dig a little bit deeper, I can realize if this belief, if this perspective is, if this thing was here, that that thing that I thought I wasn't good at, or wasn't for me, 
actually is, but I had to weed some stuff out of the way. So I know that might be a little bit like vague in a sense, but I feel like for the people that need to hear it, maybe it'll like light off a little bit of a light bulb for them. Yeah. Like what's actually underneath the resistance or the concern or the discomfort or whatever is coming up, like what's actually behind it. Yeah. Versus just like accepting like, you know, Oh, this is just like the way I am like, and maybe it is, but I think you might be surprised about like what you actually like like when you say like you don't because it's much more comfortable for us to just be like oh no I don't like that I'm just like move on versus going oh I actually do like that but now I'm gonna like have to do a lot of work to get there or I'm actually gonna have to cut certain people out of my life to get there like with this could so many things could fall under this so that's why I'm gonna kind of leave it a little bit vague but that just makes me think about that when you talk about like amplifying and being yourself because then you get to be the real authentic version of yourself not like Mm -hmm. what you think you should work on you know what I mean so Absolutely. Amazing. This was so dope. Thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. And you are so welcome. Everyone go check out Alexis and thank you again. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and if you know of somebody else who is bold, successful, and unapologetically owning their unique magic while they make a big impact in the world, please send them my way. And it would also mean the world to me if you help me get this message out to as many listeners as possible. So if you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you would please take 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating, write a quick review, and share this episode with your friends. Be sure to tag me so that I can say thank you. And until the next episode, keep showing up, keep using your voice, and keep being you. Because the world needs more of your magic.